0: This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity. With Dan Munro. And today we're going to be talking about managing your expectations. Now this is a big one because ultimately your enjoyment of life, whether or not you are happy, comes down to whether or not reality meets or exceeds your expectations. We're going to be diving into that more fully as we go on today. But what I'd really like to start with is just to plant the seed, the idea that if you don't enjoy life, it has nothing to do with what's actually occurring in reality. It's all to do with your perspective as managed by expectations. If reality is seen to be below your expectations, then you will suffer. Now reality is reality. Reality is the baseline. The reality isn't at fault for your suffering. Your expectations being above reality is what creates the suffering, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we'll see where we go with this. Expectations is one of my favorite topics to talk about. It can be an absolute mind fuck to see the link between your expectations and your suffering or your enjoyment of life. And We're going to have a look at what expectations are, the benefits and the costs of having them, how to manage them and get to a place where your life is improved by your expectations rather than setting you up to fail. So let's have a look at it. What are expectations? Ultimately, they're based on the future, aren't they? Expectations are a prediction of some kind. You are looking forward and thinking this should happen. Now the, there's gonna be a big link language-wise between the concept of expectation and the word should. Should is a, is a major, major player in the expectation game. And if you're looking for something tangible to hold on to, to manage your expectations, the, the word should can become your, your red flag, your warning system. Every time you catch yourself using the word sh- should, you're an expectation town. Right, And I, I, I still use this word, it still comes up in my lexicon, but it's a word that I'm really cautious about now, because as soon as I use that word, it's impossible for me to use the word should without creating an expectation. As soon as I use the word should, I'm saying I've made a prediction about the future, and I believe that prediction is accurate. Not just accurate but a hundred percent certain should is saying my prediction is a hundred percent certain this should happen I have decided what reality will be I am the creator I am God I am owning the universe when I use the word should I'm saying this is how the future will be we use the word all the time don't we and yet the connotation it has of being the ultimate you know controller of the universe is ludicrous isn't it And yet we throw that word around like free candy. So we are expectations based. They're based mostly in the future, but we can see them in the past as well. That should not have happened. This should have happened. This have, should have, should not have. This idea that the reality that's already happened, so we've got full evidence now of a reality. It's already taken place, and we're saying it was wrong. That reality got it wrong. We are right. And in our infinite wisdom, but reality was wrong, because that shouldn't have happened, or that should have happened a different way. So one of the key things in order to know when you're having the expectation is keeping track of that language, should, shouldn't. Mark should do this because I asked him to. Jonathan shouldn't have done that because it was the wrong thing to do. It's are saying that I've decided what reality will be, and it's different to what reality actually took place or will take place how do you know in terms of emotional sensations when you're having an expectation there's there's a there's two key ones there's a lot of different things that come up but two key ones for keeping track of that can only occur with expectations hope and disappointment hope is an expectation about the future i'm hoping this will happen And when it really becomes an expectation is when that hope has a certainty to it. This should happen, right? So that hope, that kind of sensation of anticipation, that building excitement is a huge one around an expectation. Anxiety is another one. I said two, but really I should have said three. Should have. Um, Anxiety. Anxiety is you're expecting something to go wrong, isn't it? You're expecting a risk to play out with harmful consequences. So anxiety said I've predicted the future being harmful to me. And I'm sure of it. My body's already reacting with fight or flight. It isn't waiting for the for the danger to occur. My body's already reacting with fight or flight right now. It's acting as if the danger's already occurring. That means it's certain, is not it? Some part of my brain that, that manages that emotional experience, that physical or physiological experience has decided that this risk has already come to pass. So we've got hope. We've got anxiety, which is, I think, even more certainty attached to the future. And disappointment. Regret. When you look back on the past, when you look at what has happened, you're faced with the reality of the situation and you feel let down by it. You see this happen all the time. It's it's one of the most damaging things you can do as a parent is to tell your child that you're disappointed in them. You're saying to them, the real you isn't good enough. I wanted a better version. The one that you are does not live up to my standards. That the reality of you is a disappointment. Such a shame-creating thing to say to a child. Such a damaging thing to say to a child. Damaging thing to say to an adult you know for me with uh, my people-pleasing background being a nice guy so to speak disappointment was the thing i avoided almost as much as i avoided confrontation you know i i had a moment it was a couple of years ago now three or four years ago where i let someone down and they said i'm just disappointed in you and i felt it still even after all these years of self-development i felt this kind of acidy, warm, yuck feeling in my guts when they said that word. There was so much shame attached to that word, so much emotional pain attached to that word, disappointment. So, understand the expectations come with emotional warning signs and language warning signs. Yeah, If you're feeling anxiety or hope, you're living in an expectation. If you're feeling disappointment, regret, you're also living in a, you've just passed, an expectation, and reality didn't match it. And you're using the word should or shouldn't, could have even. You know, you're using this language that says reality was wrong. There's a little challenge coming back to that word should. Try to find a way to use the word should in the same sentence as describing something that's real. This should or shouldn't try to actually make that line up with a real piece of evidence. Now, maybe I've missed it, but I don't think it's possible. That word should is always a description of something that's not real. Fictional. So I've got a definition of an expectation. The way I define expectation, it's a prediction bathed in unreasonable certainty. A prediction bathed an unreasonable certainty, I may say marinated an unreasonable certainty. You've predicted something and you've given it such a level of certainty to be unreasonable. Why is it unreasonable? Because it does not align with evidence. Anything that you're a hundred percent sure of, even in the present moment, is unreasonable because the brain's not that trustworthy. Your brain is definitely not that good at predicting things. Think of it like the weather, when you look at weather predictions on the news, and they'll say it'll be sunny tomorrow, and you know, sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong, but look at the predictions when they try to go beyond tomorrow, when they go further and further into the future, just how wrong they get, because the weather is so many variables involved in the weather, it's so unpredictable, even the most complicated machinery and computers cannot predict it accurately more than a few days ahead It's the same with expectations about anything in the future. Even expecting someone's behavior, they are so affected by by variables like the weather that by the time your prediction comes to pass, they will have changed significantly. I want you to think, what evidence are expectations based on? When we say this should happen or shouldn't happen, how have we come to that conclusion? Where did we get the basis for that belief system? So often it's about looking in the past, isn't it? Often we think, the situation is like another situation, and therefore that situation will repeat itself. You take an example like, let's say, entitlement. Let's say you take a, a woman who was Daddy's little princess when she was a girl. Daddy didn't deny her anything. He was the male role model in her life. He was the model for all future men in her life. Anything she wanted, he gave her. There was nothing too good for his little princess. Right? What do you, th- what effect do you think that'll have when she gets into her first relationship with a man? What will she be expecting based on that experience? How realistic will that expectation be? It seems obvious in that example, doesn't it? You raise someone to be an entitled little princess, they're going to be severely disappointed by the reality of life. And yet, we've been all raised to expect things without even being aware of it. We think, hey, somebody should be polite. Why? Why do we think that? Somebody should treat me fairly. Why? Why on earth do you think someone should treat you fairly? What evidence do you have for that? What kind of assumptions and biases are affecting that expectation based on your experience? You know, one of the biggest expectations I see people have is the belief that life should be fair. Don't you see that? You can see it in the way movies are often written, where the good guy wins in the end or the the couple find themselves in the end and fall in love and happily ever after. It's so unrealistic when you look at the wider scope, the evidence that we have in real life. Like if you take the expectation, people should treat me nicely. Right? You think it's really reasonable to expect that. Look at human history. Have humans treated each other nicely? Really, is there evidence for that? Have humans treated each other fairly? You see plenty of evidence of that. Because I don't. I'm no historian. But what I see is war, torture, conflict, hatred. Among some other things. But I do not see fair treatment. At no point in time have I been presented with evidence that shows that the universe balances things out. People talk about karma all the time, and yet so often evil people succeed, good people die early. There is no real basis for this. Expectations are this fictional thing based on your previous history or your perception of your dream world. So often somebody will have an expectation based on how they think the universe should be, even though they've never seen evidence of that. You know, somebody could be in seven failed relationships and still be holding on to the expectation like the other person should just do what I want, even though it's never worked for them. So what's the point of expectations? If they if they are so fictional and can create so much disappointment and resentment, why do we have them? What are the benefits? Let's step back for a second and take away the certainty that we attach and just look at predictions. Think about how helpful predictions are. If I naively go into every single new interaction with a person and just trust them 100% and not even consider the possibility that they could fuck me over, not even remotely try to map out how their current behavior may play out in the future, I'm probably going to get fucked, aren't I? You know? If every time a salesperson comes up to me, I do not take any of my previous experience with salespeople and apply it to this person, I'm going to end up probably being convinced to buy a lot of shit I don't need. There is a benefit in taking my past experience and extrapolating it out to a certain point. Now, the difficulty is, is this particular salesperson coming up to me might be about to change my life with something I need, or something I deeply want. I shouldn't say need, shouldn't. There we go again. And if I apply that past experience ago, go, this is just another person trying to steal my money, I'm going to miss out on that thing. So the 100% certainty factor is the real issue here. Predicting the future, there's no problem with that. It's thinking you're right that sets you up for disappointment. You can hold on to a prediction and uncertainty at the same time, yet so few of us do because it's an effort to do so, isn't it? Why do we believe our predictions of the future so strongly? Because it's easy. It's easy for me to go, every woman's the same. It's easy for me to go, things should be this way. It's easy for me to go, the life always works out this one way, this linear pattern and always follows it. I don't need to be open to any other way happening. It's lazy. It's effort-free. The cost of taking that easy way out, disappointment, regret, anxiety, broken dreams, shattered relationships, expectations can probably do more harm to your quality of life than just about anything. Look at it this way. Here's your expectation line, right? This is what you think should happen. I want you to think, what do you feel when reality is above the expectation, when your expectation was exceeded? You feel great, don't you? You feel lucky. You feel like you've got a good deal. You feel like happy, satisfied, content. And what do you feel when it's below it, when reality falls short of your expectation? It lets you down in terms of disappointment, regret, resentment. We take this away and reality is just reality. There is no benchmark for how good or bad it is. It's only when we bring in an expectation that reality now has an assessment. If you are completely open mindedly curious, reality would just be reality, there would be no good or bad, or just be this is what is happening. It's only expectation that gives it that good or bad. Type assessment, isn't it? And yet predicting stuff is definitely a good survival tool. We can see plenty of evidence. Predicting, planning, looking forward in our minds, simulating the future to get ourselves prepared for things that are likely to occur. Can be helpful. It's just when we go, that will occur. This should occur. That shouldn't have occurred. That's when it hurts. So expectations aren't what I'd consider to be natural. Predicting is. It's the certainty part. The entitlement. This is something I'm going to do a separate video uh, about what I call Special Snowflake Syndrome. I like to make up syndromes, you guys know that. The Special Snowflake Syndrome is about this concept that you're so unique, you're so individual and special, that you're entitled Entitled can go both ways. You're entitled to be punished, both as you're entitled to be rewarded. And often you have both. You think my problems are my own. I'm this unique freak with the only, I'm the only one who has this suffering. And then also I'm so amazing that I should get all this stuff for free. The life should be good to me. All this expectation that comes from entitlement. I want you to really take the time to think about what's occurred in your past to create this entitlement, this expectation. Why do you believe you can predict things and why do you think reality should meet your predictions? What evidence do you base that on? I used to have this a lot. I had, I mean, the biggest expectation I lived by is if if I'm nice to people, they'll be nice to me. I lived by that for, for more than two decades. If I'm nice to people, they'll be nice to me. You gotta think, where's the evidence for that? When you look around the world, the way the world functions, the way human beings interact, do you see really undeniable evidence that every time you're nice to someone, they're nice back? Cause I don't. Not anymore. When I ask myself, where did I get this? Because as soon as you just take even a brief glimpse at the world, you see it's completely untrue. That being nice to people doesn't mean a shit. People will just do whatever they want to do and everyone's kind of self-serving. But why did I think that? And I think about the story tales I was told as a child. I think about the movies I was exposed to, the moral messaging I got from parents and teachers and so on. Do one to others as you would this kind of idea that people will treat you well if you treat them well. A lot of people told me that, but they... Didn't have evidence to base it on. This is what I call a sickness. It's been passed down from generation to generation. This idea that people will reciprocate kindness, and yet there's never been evidence for it. It's a completely unscientific, unvalid, invalid belief. Think about the expectations. What do you think should happen in your future? What do you think should have happened differently in your past? And ask yourself, where's my evidence to believe that? Because reality is clearly different. The, the, the most significant piece of evidence, reality, has denied my expectation. It's told me I'm wrong, clearly, in no uncertain terms. So why do I keep clinging to something that's not real? Why do I wish that other reality occurred? There's There's all sorts of cognitive biases that play in here. You know, there's uh, one of the key ones is confirmation bias. Your brain looks to prove what it already knows to be true. So if you think something will keep happening, then you'll look for evidence that it keeps happening. The disappointment will be felt every time you see evidence against that. That disappointment will be, reality got it wrong. It's trying to keep that belief the same rather than, shit, I got it wrong. That's a good insight. You know, I'm learning something. I need to add to my base of information because I was clearly wrong about this. Reality has proven that, undeniably. So Girls should just like me. And this girl goes, no, I don't like you. Instead of going, ah, they can't believe that girl doesn't like me. Going, ah, oh, she doesn't. Reality. One of them doesn't. I must change my beliefs now. The evidence compels me to. You have recency bias. There's this thing in the human brain where it takes the most recent experience and gives it way more importance than experiences before that. So you might have somebody who's, you know, they've been trucking along, behaving a certain way in your life for a long time, then they do something really nice for you, and that's the last thing they did. And now you're expecting that again. That's become like a new precedent, I've said. And when they go back to being kind of normal, you're like, come on, dude, what are you up to, you know? I thought you were going to be nice now. What's, what's going on? I'm disappointed in you. This idea that the thing they did most recently is more significant to the massive amount of evidence before it. We've got that in our brain. We don't see reality objectively. The number one thing that an expectation shows us is this. We do not objectively view reality. We subjectively view it. We color it. We skew it. We very selectively observe reality based on all these filters, these biases. And expectations has got to be one of the biggest ones. You want a certain life to occur, or you're so familiar with a certain life that you expect it to occur, and yet everyday reality is proving you wrong. You simply don't see it. If you think that you're able to accurately predict reality, your biases are so strong that you're just looking at tiny little things fractional pieces of evidence and discarding all the obvious, to perhaps to others, obvious evidence that at least changes the perspective. Always is another good expectation word. Always or must. It's really, it's really difficult to use the word always in relation to something that's real as well because there are always exceptions, right? So somebody say living on the equator somewhere, they'll be oh, it's always sunny. They never say, it's sunny a lot, and very infrequently it rains. They say it's always sunny. So when it rains, they're disappointed. So it shouldn't rain, because it's supposed to always be sunny. It's like, well, no, today it's raining. That's reality. It was sunny until today, and now today is rain, and that is the only possible option, is rain today. You've been in a relationship with someone and they've been really happy for three months and then they're sad one day and you're disappointed like, oh, why are you in such a bad mood? Why aren't you happy like normal? It's like, well, whatever they were before today is irrelevant because today they're sad and that's that's the end of it. Somebody's on time for work for an entire year and they're late one day. They're disappointing. No, they're not. They're late today. That's reality. Your disappointment is just your clinging to that past perception of them, aren't you? Your parents treated you well. Strangers pe- treat you like shit. You're upset with the strangers. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Oh, they shouldn't have done that. Well, they did. It happened. Humans are capable of it, and odds are you've done it too. And this is another thing. Often we're so disappointed in people's behavior, and yet and at the same time so hypocritical. How often are you disappointed with someone for doing something that you have done, and you justified it to yourself? Someone will be late, and you go, "Ah, you've held me up. How many times have you held others up? See how skewed your reality is when you're using expectations, when you become so sure of yourself that you lose sight of the real truth, which is you don't know shit. None of us do. Let's have a look at an extreme. What would it be like to have no expectations? What would it be like to go into every situation with no structure, no template, no prediction? Just a see what happens type approach. Think right now, think back to a time where you were so unfamiliar with a situation that you you couldn't even generate an expectation. There's an example for me, for those of you who don't know, I live in New Zealand, and here the local indigenous culture is Māori, and they have a lot of traditions. You know, they have a whole culture. I'm kind of white New Zealander. We don't even have a culture. Like, we don't even know where we're from half the time. And I was being welcomed onto a marae, a Maori village, and a meeting place. And I had no idea. I knew there was a process going on, but I, I didn't know what it was. I'd never experienced this before. I hadn't even seen, like, video footage of it. I was complete like an infant I had no awareness of what was going to happen. I was just showing up going, I have to wait and see. And it was an absolute absence of expectations. And you know what I felt? Afraid. I felt fear. And I think this is the real appeal of expectations, even though it creates anxiety in us so often, is that if we think we can predict the future, we feel like we're in control. It's a fear thing. I think one of the biggest fears that that we as humans really don't want to acknowledge is the concept that we're not in control. I I saw a quote and I can't remember who it's by. Somebody was quoting uh about conspiracy theories. And he said, well, I'm really paraphrasing and just butchering it here. He said the theme with all conspiracies is that there's some Master group in control secretly. So, pretty much all conspiracies have this idea of an authority controlling the majority. You know, that's really like 1984 type stuff. No matter what, whether it's 9 11 truthers or anti vaxxers or whatever, you'll see this idea that there's a small minority controlling the rest of us secretly. And in this quote, he was talking about, well, the real, the real terror. Is not that somebody's controlling us. It's the truth. And that is no one is. No one's at the controls. There are certain people of influence of that I have no doubt. But the real, the real fear we have is not, is not that someone's in control, is that no one is. Including ourselves. We like to think we're in control of our lives. That's what expectations do. This will happen. This should happen because this is me at the steering wheel. Rather than the truth of it being, it's more like wakeboarding. We're not even driving the boat, we're just hanging on for dear life as we go over the water and try not to faceplant. You know, we get to have some steering along the way, but ultimately the person driving the boat decides where we go. And that's kind of what life is like. We hang on and try and do the best we can with the waves that we're given. Expectations goes in the face of that. Expectations says, no, there's nothing to be afraid of. You got this. You're in control. So what we're looking at, a life without expectations, is essentially a life where you've accepted not being in control. An expectation is far less likely to occur the less you have a need for expecta- uh, for control. I've seen this, and this is just anecdotally now. The people I know who have the most expectations are also the peace- people who've become the most anxious when situations are out of control. Conversely, the people I've seen who are the least likely to have, the most present people, least likely to be thinking about the future and trying to predict it, and just kind of here and now and curious, are also people who are quite content and quite accepting of the concept of life being out of their control. They can take responsibility for themselves, but they understand that anything external to themselves is beyond their control, variables that are outside of their sphere of influence. So in terms of why would we live without expectations, it's a decision you'll need to make. You can continue to have expectations if you like. I don't know how you can do it when it's so obvious that they are fictional and they just almost always lead to anxiety or disappointment slash depression. But if, if you want to choose the life of no expectations, there's a few things you need to do. First off, You need to be aware when they're happening. Looking for that language like should, shouldn't. Looking for emotional states of disappointment, regret, anxiety, or hope. These are all warning signs you're living in an expectation. Once you notice these warning signs, get out a piece of pen and a paper, find a quiet place if you can, and go, why am I experiencing this? What have I expected? What is the alternative reality I'm clinging to that does not match or might not match the, the reality? that I live in, how am I seeing a difference, what am I saying should or shouldn't happen, what am I worried about, what problems am I trying to solve that don't exist yet, these are the, these are the things that will help you give clarity, design to your expectation, how do we deal with that once we've recognized it, we put it to the test, I think this should happen, alright, let's go see if it does, I think this shouldn't happen. All right, let's go see if it doesn't. The idea to take the expectation from 100% certainty down to 99. Get their 1% uncertainty going, you know what, this might not be true. And let's go do an experiment to see if it is or not. Say so somebody should never be late. All right, let's wait and see. Let's see if they're never late. Because if they're late once, I was wrong. Simple as that. Recognize those alternative possibilities, especially when it comes to looking at the past. Just notice how you're clinging to something that's not real. When I say that shouldn't have happened, what I'm saying is there was a reality in the past, an alternative one. There was a a Daniel living in this alternate universe who had a different life. Let's say I look back and I say, uh, I shouldn't have, I wish... Wish that person hadn't crashed into me on the motorway. What I'm saying is, in some other universe, there's a Daniel that didn't have a car accident. And his life is ultimately so much better than mine. And that's where the disappointments I'm feeling, I'm comparing myself to that other Daniel and going, he's killing it, and I'm this loser over here. Just coming to the realization that other Daniel doesn't exist. He's not real. And we're saying that that's what would have happened to him. Let's say there is the possibility for alternate universes. What if me having that car accident prevented me from running someone over 10 minutes later? Maybe his life is 10 times worse. Maybe he's in jail for manslaughter, whereas I just had a car accident. Your prediction, those those alternative realities, they're always such a grass is greener thing. And yet you don't know that. You haven't looked at the other possibilities. What if everything that's happened to you has made you have the best life you could possibly have? that actually if all those terrible suffering things you went through didn't happen, you'd be even worse off. You don't think about that, do you, when you have expectations? You only think about what you missed out on, which isn't giving enough fairness to the alternate possibilities. If you really want to look at alternate possibilities, you've got to look at them all fairly. And if you just commit to accepting whatever happens as a learning. Whatever happens... I get to hone my prediction skills. Rather than clinging to my outdated skills that were obviously wrong, because reality's proven wrong, I can hone them. So next time someone betrays my trust, instead of saying they should have been maltrustworthy, I can say, actually, my ability to predict people wasn't at 100%. Because I got that one wrong, now what can I learn from this? Ah, it turns out that just because I like someone doesn't make them trustworthy. I need to keep that in mind that just because someone's been trustworthy for 10 years doesn't mean they'll continue to be. You know, a friend of mine entered a, a long-term relationship of almost a decade, and it really surprised all of us. And a lot of people said, wow, I just so didn't expect that. You know, like, I can't believe he did that. And I thought, well, he's done it. What, what, what can't you believe about it? What, what, evidence, what further evidence do you need to see? I mean, he's done it. It's happened. It is underway. He has moved out. He's living with another person in a different house. I mean, how much more evidence do you need to be slapped in the face with to go, actually, I can believe it. Yeah, I'm seeing it. I thought he would continue with her. I was wrong. Not it's unbelievable. I was wrong. That, yeah, someone can be in a relationship with someone for a decade and then change their mind. That's a good learning. Good learning to understand that no relationship is guaranteed no matter how long it goes for. It's probably good that I know that, rather than get into a relationship thinking, well, wow, this one's in the bag, I never have to work at it. Right? So I hope this has been helpful for you. For me, managing expectations is really the crux of enjoyment of life. If you can keep breaking up your expectations to incorporate the new evidence that reality is presented to you, you're going to be living in the real world rather than some fantasy fiction. And living in the real world means you're going to be living with the evidence that you can do something with, something that you can, you, know, you can really live your life by, as opposed to clinging to this Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, fictional universe that does not exist. So go out there and see if you can break some of your expectations and accept the reality. And I'll see you next time for Brojo Online. Cheers.